friends, welcome to Fueled to Thrive, a podcast all about nutrition, running, and motherhood. I'm your host, Joe Butler. Today we have a phenomenal guest on the show. Her name is Corel Edwards. Corel is a licensed mental health counseling associate, as well as a professional track athlete for Canada. She specializes in the long jump, and Corel is here today to share a little bit about her story in the professional track and field world, specifically her story as a female athlete walking into this world of competitive athletics, trying to be the best of the best. I'm so excited to have her on the show today, and I'm so excited that you get to hear more about her story and what she experienced. Enjoy and listen in. Hey friends, thanks for being here today. We have an awesome guest here, Karel. She is one of my Wazelle teammates, and she is a professional track athlete as well as a licensed mental health counselor. So we're going to talk with her some today. So thanks girl for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yes. Good. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) So girl, tell us a little bit more about yourself, your career, track and field, um, where you're from. Okay. I am from Ottawa, Canada, (laughs) Um, but currently reside in Portland, Oregon. Um, And I started running when I was 15 or 16, um, basically in high school. I grew up as a gymnast, knew that the gymnastics, that was decent, but I knew I wasn't going to go far with it. So I knew I would want to one day switch. So I tried track and started with the long jump and like at the state level did well, but then a coach was like, you're going to be a hurdler. And so I tried that and six months later made my first team Canada. And so I was like, Oh, yes, I, I am a hurdler. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's yes. awesome. So you made team Canada when you were in high school. Yes. So I, I was at the, I qualified for the, what is it? Canadian world youth, or not Canadian, the world youth championships. Yeah. <laughs> and then the following year I did the world junior championships. Awesome. And then, yeah, I mean, then there's a whole other history. (laughs) (laughs) But then I got a scholarship. And so I went to the States, Syracuse University, Mm -hmm. unfortunately got injured right away. Yeah. So um, my whole collegiate career was a bumpy road, but yeah. 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 And then now what are you doing professionally outside of running? Outside of running? So um, I'm a licensed mental health counselor associate in the state of Washington, um, I also own my own business. Well, with my husband, yeah. I'm a co-owner <laughs> called Embrace Your Pace. And so um, he sells, he makes like merchandise and mm-hmm. sells um, stuff, but I provide mental performance and wellness consulting yeah. for, for athletes. And so I've kind of used my experience as an athlete to kind of, what's the word? drive kind of my passion for this next career. Right. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So I'm just looking to support athletes how I can on a more of a mental side of things. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Super important as well, which we could talk probably forever about that. Yep. (laughs) Um, And we have. Yes, exactly. (laughs) All of you people haven't heard this stuff behind the scenes, but we've talked so much about this. Um, so I would love to hear, I know you've kind of had obviously since college, kind of a rocky road with your track career kind of tell us a little bit more about that yeah so rocky road in college and then I ended up leaving Syracuse went back home to Canada Mm -hmm. to kind of be with my support system and take my time to get back to the track finally did and you know had a few good years of um, progressing still making some teams um, and then was invited to train with a professional group in LA yeah and so in 
2016, I kind of just literally in the space of one week changed my life, packed two Dang. suitcases and just moved from Canada to LA by myself. Dang. Yeah. So it was a big transition, but, um, the plan was, you know, train full time mm-hmm. to try and make the Olympic team. That's a yeah. team that I've never made and I wanted yeah. to make. Um, but unfortunately things didn't go as planned. So yeah. I mean, I was continued, I mean, injuries kept coming up. So I was yep. injured pretty much my whole time there too. Yeah. Um, and then unfortunately I was also, um, I faced some parent abuse in sport and yeah. honestly, it wasn't just in LA that I, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. I experienced that it started earlier with other totally. clubs and stuff in Canada too. Um, but that's kind of really when it all came to a head, yeah. um, which led me to what 2020, uh, I was kind of just on survival mode. I just wanted yeah. to make that team. I said, do whatever you need to do. And then you can yeah. walk away and be done and yeah. you know, leave this environment. But of course, pandemic hit. Yep. So we were all left with a big decision of how to move forward. But yeah, I ended up leaving LA and moving uh, to Seattle with my yep. husband. And then, yeah, and then yeah. Seattle to Portland. And now here yeah. I am. <laughs> yeah. How do you feel like some of the mental side of effects of all of that, like abuse and all of that affect some of your decision-making and also just your life in general? Oh, a hundred percent. Um, I didn't realize when I was in it as much, right. I, yeah, when I was totally. in it, I felt things were off, mm-hmm. but you know, you think that that's what it takes to be at the top and everyone yeah. around you is dealing with it. Everybody around you is telling yeah. you that that's what you need to so just kind of put your head down and do it. But what yeah. happened is that I suppressed that for so long that mm-hmm. In 2020, when I had the opportunity to kind of take a step back mm-hmm. because of the pandemic and reevaluate things, it my mental health just kind of yeah. Crumbled. Yeah. Um, I was super anxious, um, mm-hmm. and I ended up being diagnosed with uh, generalized anxiety disorder, mm-hmm. major depressive disorder, yeah. um, panic disorder, which was new for me, um, and even a, some level of PTSD because yeah. Of, the trauma I kind of injured and the emotional yeah. abuse and verbal abuse yeah. I injured during my track career. So yeah, yeah, it was definitely tough. And to the point where I was still trying to make the Olympic team last year, yeah. but a few months before the Olympic trials, I decided to, to stop training. Yeah. Um, Cause it just got to a point where I had to prioritize myself. It was totally my safety or the Olympics. And yeah, it finally dawned on me that there's more to life than track. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's a hard one. It's so hard. Especially, yeah. I think like some people listening to this, like maybe aren't as in like the competitive world, but when you're in it, like it's so thick and like running feels like everything. And it's yeah. so hard to like pull yourself out of that mindset and remind yourself there's more to life than this, the sport. Yeah. 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 I actually think because I was getting married around that time mm-hmm. well, last this past fall. And I think that helped too, because I realized yeah. I was like, hopefully, right. Positive vibes that my marriage yes. is going to be forever. Like <laughs> yes. six to seven years, right. Yeah. Live long. And I'm like, that's a huge part of my life. Yeah. Track is going to end up being just a little sliver. It's like mm-hmm. 15 years of my life, which yeah. right now is a lot. Cause I've half my life, but totally 30 years from now, it's yep. just going to be a little part of my journey. And For so I sure. think that gave me a lot of perspective. Yeah. Yeah. So how, like, how have you kind of overcome some of this mental distress and these barriers and like worked through all of this trauma and anxiety and depression? 
um therapy yes <laughs> I've yes. literally been I mean I've been in therapy on and off like throughout my life but like yeah. consistently I've been in therapy like since the pandemic hit awesome um and at that time I still didn't really like it was not till I went to therapy did I truly understand the gravity of like yeah. what I had experienced and I'm yeah like, oh this makes sense right yeah. yeah um even though I'm a therapist like when it happens to you it's a whole different ballgame oh 100 percent right? yeah so I mean yeah definitely therapy and relying on my support system luckily yeah. my husband has been like absolutely mm-hmm. amazing and patient yeah um yeah and then I ended up actually starting to take antidepressants yeah point where I was like okay I think I need a little bit more yep. help yeah right? so yeah still in therapy still on my antidepressants um yeah and yeah. just taking it day by day and yep I think for me sharing my story has also been healing yeah 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 I mean I share it more because I want other people yeah to not to recognize the signs of abuse yeah. and whatnot but I do think it was like healing for me to not have to hide that part of me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. The truth. And this is my truth and I'm not protecting anybody else. Right. Yep. Yep. Totally. I mean, I've, yeah, I've had very similar experience outside of track, but like, it is so freeing to like finally talk about it and not keep it all bottled up where you feel like you're hiding something from everyone. And yet Mm -hmm. it's such a big part of your life because you're experiencing it so deeply on such a deep, intense level. You just feel kind of like, I feel trapped by like, bottling this up. It's like so freeing to actually share. And then I'm sure you've experienced people that have been like, I'm so touched by you sharing this story. I relate in so many ways. Yeah. Actually when I, so I came out with like, I mean, I, you know, came out with bits and pieces of my stories over the years, but like this past fall was was Mm -hmm. graciously helped me kind of come out with my story, the full story. I mean, there's honestly more to the story, but you know what I mean? (laughs) Only so much in words. Right. But um, where was I going with that? What did you ask me? <laughs> we were talking about people relating to the story and like, oh, yes, Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when I came out with the story, I knew, I mean, I expected it to, you know, relate for some people to relate yeah. to it, but I didn't realize how much. Yeah. And that's the problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That means too many people are going through this and yep. something needs to change. Yeah. Um, so, yeah it's tough, but I'm yeah. happy that people are able to cut your dog. It's going to take a little, okay. We were talking about like people relating to your story and how many people relate. Oh. And that's the problem. Like there are so many people who are relating, but, um, you know, they aren't talking about it. Yeah. It's, it's sad, right. Yeah. To know that so many people are going through it, but nobody's talking about it. And I think, yeah, part of the reason that also I felt like I was bottling it up and I felt so alone throughout yeah. my journey. I thought I was crazy. Right. Oh, I was like, yeah. I just need to buck up and I'm weak and yep. clearly I'm just not cut out for this and yeah. yada yada. But turns out no, that's yep. not what's happening. No, right? Not, not true. Not true. So I'm happy if my story can help others feel not so alone, yeah. then I'm down with sharing. Yeah. As that's I can. cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, you know, a huge part, I think to mental health, a lot of people neglect to talk about are like some of the physical side effects of how, like not taking care of your mind and like how like emotional abuse affects, you know, 
us physically, what were some of like those physical effects you felt, you know, from all of that abuse and like just the mental distress you were going through? Yeah, that's actually a really good question. So looking back, right. I've been injured so much. Yeah. Chronic back problems. I truly believe that. I mean, okay. I do have some anatomy issues. Like yeah, I have some yeah. disc issues, but it's not horrible. Right. Yeah, My yeah, it's not everything. Like, right. And so I definitely think especially I mean I was injured in LA like every year for four years and I think that was my body telling me like yeah this ain't safe right yep yep and so my body's creating these it's the pain is meant the emotional pain is manifesting as physical pain yep totally um and that was really interesting when I kind of realized that because there was a point where I was traveling from LA to San Diego Mm -hmm. to um see my strength coach long story but I had people in San Diego and every time I would go to San Diego oh my body feels pretty good Mm. and then I come back to LA and suddenly I was in excruciating pain and so um there's definitely a mind-body connection totally but then also just like anxiety right how that manifests in your body and even depression right feeling tired and lethargic feeling like I had bad stomach aches for a long time not knowing (laughs) yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. emotional distress at the time I was like yeah am I eating too much broccoli like, what, is <laughs> what am I doing <laughs> but it it was yeah anxiety from the emotional yeah distress. yeah 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 I always you know working with a lot of people like on their hormones and like through nutrition which nutrition is so emotional um it's so interesting to see how the body often responds first to our emotional stressors and our mental stressors before our mind will catch up. So Mm -hmm. I always just think that's so interesting when people are like, yeah, you know, athletes, I've been chronically injured. Well, I wonder why, (laughs) what's been going on in your life. Mm -hmm. Usually there's some sort of mental trauma or emotional distress going on. And it's, it's, it's crazy how our body communicates with us there. It's just so interesting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 So when you were kind of working your way out of that, you left LA, what do you think were like, besides like sharing your story and getting on meds and therapy, like what did you notice, like kind of helped you work through that, you know, like and transition out of that and find some hope and peace and actually make your way back to the sport. Cause that's hard. Like when you've come from such baggage to be like, I've been hurt by so many people in this thing in my life. And yet now I'm choosing to actually enter back into it. Like what helped you like make that decision? I'm trying to think of like, what was the ultimate factor, but honestly it was a process. It was a lot of self-reflection. It was a lot of conversations, whether it's my therapist, but also with my husband, with my support system. Mm -hmm. Um, And then ultimately I also decided, I was like, I don't want to go out like this. Yeah. I felt like that I had been robbed of my career. Right. And I feel weird saying that because I don't like to play the victim card, but it felt like that, like that felt like, Mm -hmm. and so, but I decided that I was like, I'm going to reclaim my power. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to allow all these people who have hurt me throughout the journey, kind of take away what initially Mm -hmm. started as just a pure joy of running. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but what allowed me to really get back in touch with it is switching events. So I went back to my first event ever, the long jump. Yes. Um, and that's been really fun to kind that's of reconnect awesome. with that. And I've never really, like I did long jump in high school and I was uh-huh. at the state level, but I never really, really learned how to do it. Yeah. So yeah. It's nice to kind of learn something new, get back and yep. connect with something different um, and just have fun with it. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So that's been fun. I actually yes. went over a hurdle 
two weeks ago. Okay. Fun. I was like, oh, there's a hurdle. I'll just go over it. <laughs> and it was so much fun in the moment. And then I was immediately hit mm. with like, anxiety. Yeah. And stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, damn. I'm still. Yep. Yep. <laughs> totally. I mean, that stuff doesn't just go away. <laughs> I, it's Dang, a healing that's crazy. Problem. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I was actually so insane. I was just like, okay, that's I nuts. thought I was further along in my yep. healing process, but maybe not. Yep. So it's, I made the right decision. Yeah. Long wise, wise. <laughs> I have to admit, I always love talking about track stuff with you because I feel like you are in a totally like foreign field to me. I'm like jumps and hurdles, especially like short distance hurdles. I'm like, what is this? This is how, yeah, and what you do like, is so, like yes. mind boggling. I think I'll never forget. Oh. We went for our first, I think it was like when we first met and we yes. were with another was LT mate. Yes. And y'all were asking me like, don't you just have like run days? Or I forget. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. And I was like, what? No. Like, like easy days? Yeah. And I was like, you didn't understand. And I was like, they're like, you'd go to the track every day. And I was like, I mean, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, you don't just have like long run days? No. Nope. <laughs> I remember that. I will never forget that. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is crazy. Oh, but it's so cool though. It's like so fun watching you on the track. Cause I'm like, I cannot do that. Like your hurdle caused you anxiety because of trauma hurdles cause me anxiety just because I'm like, I'm going to die if I try to jump over this. <laughs> well, Literally. I would die if I tried to run a marathon, like legit would have uh, passed out. So <laughs> oh, that's so good. So funny. Oh, just the difference. Um, so like, what are you, so what are you working towards now? What are you looking forward to kind of, you know, what are your eyes set on? Yeah. So, I mean, right now in terms of track, like my eyes are set on nationals, Canadian nationals, yes. which are going to be end of June. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just really wanting that like full circle moment of yeah. like being back. Cause honestly, I haven't been to nationals. Whew since 2017 because I was Dang. injured 2018 injured 2019 Ugh. 2020 pandemic and then 2021 I stopped training right before Dang. so I just and before that it was kind of like every year I did track I yeah. was at national so I just want that full circle moment yeah I, don't really I love have, it I mean I have yes of course I'm competitive so there's of course <laughs> some outcome goals in mind that I would yeah. like but at the end of the day my my purpose for this season really wasn't yeah. about winning or specific yeah. um, times or marks. Yeah. So I'm just, yeah. I think I'm already kind of halfway there in terms of just reclaiming yeah. my power and having fun, it. like, and reconnecting with yeah. the sport. Um, yeah. I'm really enjoying it. So yeah, That's I awesome. just want to compete and yeah. have fun with it. Yeah. I love that. You know, kind of to piggyback off that, like, how do you feel like your experience with your past, like track, um, you know, coaches and all of that has now impacted your perspective around the sport and like, how do you view the sport now versus how you used to view it? Hi, hey, yeah, yeah. So that one's a little bit of a complicated, it's not complicated, yeah. but I have mixed feelings still because mm-hmm. right? I'm still also processing and unpacking some of my trauma. But I mean, because there was a point where like this past summer, I was like, I hate sports. Yeah. Sports are the devil. Like literally it just makes people yeah. suffer. I yeah. like, my kids are never doing sports. Yeah. They're going to go play music. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Which honestly, I'm sure that comes up its own stuff. Too. Uh, but um, I'm happy that I'm kind of out of slowly getting out of that mindset. Yeah. Um, there, I do feel a little bit of hope. Yeah. 
but then I'm also like there's so much yeah more work to be done because I mean as a therapist working with Mm -hmm. athletes and the stories I still hear are just yeah like what the hell yeah that's That's a okay okay (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna say the what the f but we're not (laughs) um yeah it's there's a lot of work to be done and the culture needs to change and there's still a lot of people suffering and Mm so if that sometimes I just think like maybe my purpose was never to be an Mm -hmm. Olympian right Mm -hmm. to maybe it was always to just go through what I went through so that I can help now Mm -hmm. other people and help change the sport and even if it's a small way but yeah yeah definitely a lot of work to be done yeah there's hope but then sometimes I'm also like this is terrible yeah yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I I mean, I feel that all the time with like, you know, eating disorders in the sport. Like, I feel like we're making strides, but we still have so, so far to go <laughs> so far. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that like, I'm having a hard time hearing with some of my clients is just the hyper fixation on mm-hmm. body image yeah. and not fueling. Yep. And I'm like, I'm telling you, like, I wish, you know, I yeah. mean, we can't be like, don't do that. I mean, yeah. they're going through their own things and I'm helping them process stuff, but been there, done that. Yep. And fueling is important, but it's still yeah. the narrative is yep. be small, run yep. fast. Yep. Right. Yep. The coaches are just so sad telling young yeah. kids, yeah, young, like teenagers to weigh a certain yep. weight based on absolutely nothing. Yep. Yep. And so many of these people are men who uh, yep. do not understand anything about the female body <laughs> exactly and so, so yeah crazy. I have young yeah. clients who are struggling with that yeah and I'm hard. struggling with it and I'm 31 yeah so right I'm just I can't imagine being a young yeah. female yeah going through that yeah 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 you know I know there are probably some people who listen to this that are very engaged in the sport but they also maybe aren't as aware of like some of the issues and problems that need to be changed. What would you say some of those are like, what are some of the things that need to change in order to like, for us to see like wholeness and like restoration in this sport? I think, um, stop com- like number one, just stop commenting on yeah. bodies. Yeah. Please like period. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Preach. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but honestly, I think if sports could incorporate and integrate like an, a mental, emotional side of it, mm. of things to it. Right. Yep. Right off the bat. Yeah. Like, not wait till everyone's in crisis mode yep. and we're trying to fix everything. Totally. But if like, it was like literally built as part of a sports program, yep. like that's just yep. what sports are. You do physical work, you do mental work, you yep. do emotional work, you do yep. nutrition work. Right. All and encompassing. All encompassing. Yeah. 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 I don't know if that's possible, but that's, yeah my dream. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I think it's so interesting too, because I find so many kids turn to sports more for mental reasons, like mental and emotional reasons. Cause they're wanting to connect with people for one. Yeah. And also activities like such a good stress reliever, right? Like it's mm-hmm. so beneficial for kids, mental health yet. We don't ever talk about it. Like why, why aren't we talking about these things yeah. from the time when they start these sports? It's so interesting. Yeah, it should definitely be something that's brought up right away. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. just part of being an athlete. Yeah. 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 Totally. Yeah. yeah. I definitely think, too, something I don't know if you've thought about this, but like getting into female health more and like how I'm like, man, our so many of our coaches 
just don't even have the education to educate these kids Mm -hmm. and how some of the huge problem is like, we need to be educating the coaches on like some of this stuff. Um, you know, for me, like specifically around amenorrhea and female health and like, okay, a lot of coaches don't even understand this is a thing and an issue. Um, what are like some areas there, especially in like the mental health world that you see, like we need more education around for our coaches. What is the difference between being motivational and abusive? Mm, yes. <laughs> yes. hundred percent. Right? And the scary part of that is like, till this day, I still have conversations with athletes who question that. They're like, yeah, well, my coach says this, but like, mm. I don't think it's, he's just like trying to motivate me. And I'm like, yeah, no, if you look at the definitions, that is not, yep. it. that is not motivation. Yeah. Right. And so, but I don't even know where you start with yeah. that. Right. Yeah, but I think it's also so like it's, it's so deep, but I also think that a lot of coaches and their egos, right. They mm. try and do it all themselves. Yep. Bring in outside help, bring <sighs> totally. in a therapist like me, bring in a nutritionist like you to yeah. take care and educate on those things. Right. Yep. You got coaches thinking they know how to prescribe a, a nutrition plan, yeah. your weight training, your track training, everything, like everything, right. Your body fat, your this, your that. And it's yep. like, how about you focus on being a track coach I yep. mean, or any yep. sport, right? But yeah, just exactly. For, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. They think they have, that's a good point. Like, I feel like a lot of coaches think they have to do it all when no one can just retain that much information. That's why we have specialists, you know? Right. <laughs> exactly. We have people that literally study this their entire lives to devote to just yeah. one area of these, these sports. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I know I've worked with throughout the years, like on my own will, like I sought out help yeah. with nutrition and stuff, yeah. but even then I have big questions about yeah. the people I worked with. And honestly, even then, I think there's a lot that I don't even know about my own yeah. body or about the totally, body, totally which is scary. It is. I'm like, I'm 31 and I'm like, oh, I really know these things, <laughs> <You're> right? Like, <laughs> oh, there's not enough education, especially towards female health. I mean, it's, there was like my husband, this is so random, but my husband like, and his friend watched this video on like, they, there were these people interviewing men. They're like showing them the female anatomy, you know, our female reproductive system. And they're like asking these men to explain what these parts are. And I sat there and thought, and I was like, you know what? I bet like 50 to 70% of women wouldn't be able to identify this. You know, I'm like, we are not educated in this. It's not part it's of our true, system. And it's so sad. It it's is just sad. crazy. Like we yeah. need, I don't know. I just stuff like that. I'm like, how do we change this? <laughs> how do we yeah. help yeah. be, be advocates for this? That's so interesting. Um, you know, so if you, for instance, maybe there's someone here listening that have been in a similar shoe mm-hmm. to you, you know, like experienced some emotional abuse, maybe more, and what would, what would be some advice you would give to them, you know, in that sit, setting and like, what should they do? If something feels off, it probably is off. Mm. And so trust your gut feeling, right? Mm. I feel like I totally got away from my gut instincts. Yeah. Um, but you know, your yep. body knows. Yep. And so listen to your body. That would be another thing, right? Yeah. And you are getting chronic injuries left yep. and right. Really evaluate what's going on emotionally and mentally yeah. right because that's, that's telling so you something yep yeah easier yeah. said than done I get it for sure for sure right? especially a young athlete I mean but yeah, yeah. I just wish I would have trusted myself yeah I knew yeah but 
I let yeah, other voices in. For sure. You know, are do you feel like there are safe people for these young athletes to turn to? And if so, who would who would those people be? You know, it's hard. No, it's hard because, right? And this is not the right answer that you want to give to people, right? You don't want to, but I think it's, if I'm going to be completely transparent, right? It's like, I was thinking about that the other day because I was like, where do I send athletes? Okay. Um, I mean, therapists. Yeah. I think that's a totally right. So someone like me, right? Like (laughs) that's safe. But I also know that not everybody has the resources to to get that that help. Right. And so then it's like, where do you turn to? And it's tough because the people I turn to thinking they were going to help me. Yeah. Also are part of the system. Yeah. And they just go with it. Right. Because their their jobs are at stake. Like I went Mm -hmm. outside of like the coaching world or outside, but then it's like, everybody's all in it and everybody's yeah. kind of covering up for everyone. So it's tough, but I think if you have a support system, mm-hmm. right. Maybe that's outside of this, whether it's parents, friends, yeah. talk about it, right. Yeah. Start by talking about it. And I think that's going to open doors and lead totally. you into like, where's a safe space for you to go. Yep. But if you have the resources, reaching out to a therapist is 100% very helpful. Yeah. 100%. Um, I was just thinking of this too, because I, I was talking about this with the last person I had on the podcast or one of the last people. And, you know, I don't know if you found this beneficial, but having people outside of the running world, do you, have you found like, that's been helpful in your life to also provide perspective, but also like some accountability there to like pull you out when you feel really sucked in. That's a great idea. Have I done that? Man, it's hard. So. It's hard. <laughs> right. I'm now that I think about it, it's like I don't know that I really have because yeah. my whole life was surrounded by like my whole life was based yeah. on track. I put yeah. a lot of things on hold for yeah. track. I moved countries out of nowhere for yeah. track. I didn't go to school for a while for yeah. track. So it's like yeah. I didn't have that perspective, but that's something yeah. that I try to preach to my yeah. clients now, right? Yeah. That life balance and yeah getting outside perspective and outside, yeah, yeah for sure. So yeah. that your identity is not all into that one space. Yeah. Cause then that's when you fall vulnerable to some of the abuse and stuff yep. and not really totally. paying attention to it because yeah. what else do you have? If yeah, you leave that, for right? sure. For In sure. Reality there's more. So actually, I, yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you think that would have affected you if you had had more people in your life that were outside of that? You know, do you think you would have stayed mm-hmm. in that position as long? Um, I would hope not. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard to know for sure, but it's, you know, what's tough though, because, and this is conversations I've had with my parents and like my husband, Uh right. Cause there was a time where I was mad at them. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, why didn't you pull me out? Like, yeah. But how are you supposed to tell someone who's training for the Olympics? Yep. Like, Hey, sorry. I think you should stop training for sure. You're training with literally world record holders. Yeah. And so it's a tough situation, but I do think as a whole, if they also didn't present it to me in that way, right? And so if someone would have came in and been like, hey, this is toxic. You're in an abusive environment. You need to get out. I probably would have listened. Yeah. 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 I would have had more perspective, right? Yeah. 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 I found that like, it's sometimes hard because I find people who are not in the competitive running world often think I'm kind of crazy for being so committed and like willing to spend 
you know, 20, 30 hours committing to training, but also like having those friends who see me and they're like, dude, you could run an eight hour marathon and I would be on top of the world for you. (laughs) You know, like they don't understand it. They're like, what is this? You're just running really far and it seems really fast. You know, um, I think in my life, although it's hard at times, I also find it really helpful to just like remind me, like there's more to life than running. Um, and even like friends like you who've had similar experiences and like been down like seasons of just like exhaustion and fatigue and burnout and like mm-hmm. being able to be like, Hey, let's hold each other accountable. And like, remember <laughs> there's more to life than just running yeah. and having those conversations too, that are deeper than just, Oh, what, what do I do? Oh, I run. What, what event, how fast, <laughs> you know, like it's no, fun totally. to have this conversation. Yeah. And that actually, yeah. yeah, that's been something that we've been able to do a lot. I think. Yeah. And so I mean, I think I was at your dinner table trying yeah. to figure out my schedule, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it was just like, okay, like it's okay to have some balance. But <sighs> I think having introducing those ideals, mm-hmm. you know, early on for for yeah. youth especially, and I think that's what I try to do with my yeah. kids. I mean, I, when I talk to them, and they come for me, maybe because they want to run a certain time. I'm like, okay, cool, great. But yeah. also, like, tell me about your social life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. Like. What is it like to be a teenager? What's it yeah. like to be a freshman out of high school? What yes. else do you do for fun? Because all that matters. Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. Have you been keeping up with the winter Olympics at all? This is so random. Okay. Really. I feel so bad. I try. <laughs> it's okay. It's hard. It's so different than what we do. Uh, it's like so foreign, but I was watching like a slight, like a short snippet of the men's Olympic gold medalist, Nathan Chen okay, and yeah. his like he said this training cycle, like his brain shifted because he's in college and he was like, yeah, I've spent more time hanging out with friends and being a more normal college student than just like just training. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes. And you are a gold medalist. So yeah. now look at him. Yep. Everyone, yep. prime <laughs> example that when you're mentally well, right, yeah. you're going to perform. Yeah. And I think that's where the balance needs to come. Yeah. Everyone yep. drives the physical and just perform, perform, and nobody cares about the mental being. But yeah. if you're happy and free and yeah, enjoying life, I can only imagine how much oh my gosh better you're gonna perform. Right, right. And how like more much more like relaxed your body's gonna be and like less injury and yeah. oh, it's just like threefold. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, last year when I was I made the decision to kind of stop training. Yeah. Honestly, though, even had I kept training, it was not going well. Yeah. Right. My performance yeah. was just declining at yep. a fast rate. Yep. <laughs> as my mental health was getting worse, yep. my performance just got worse. Totally. Worse. Totally. Totally. Yeah. It's just it goes hand in hand. For sure. Oh, this is so good. I love talking about this stuff. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, you know, just to lighten the mood a little bit. So, everyone I have come on my show, obviously, I'm a nutritionist and a runner and I love food. What's your favorite food? you like to eat this does not have to be like after a workout just your favorite food in general okay but you're gonna laugh because i'm ready worst answer ever (laughs) i'm ready salad (laughs) (laughs) you're right that is the worst answer (laughs) but i love it i love it like there's a place in california what's it called salada and you build your own salad and I nice. mean, you put everything from fruit yes. to nuts to cheese to it's the best thing. Okay. Yeah. So 
what do you put in your salad then if that's like what you crave? A lot of things that's salty. So awesome. Pickles, um, both oh, banana, pepper. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Kind of obsessed. I just drank some pickle juice. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, olives. Okay. Olives are like the weight of my heart. Um, nice. Feta cheese is good. Some type of, whether it's walnuts or whatever, okay. some type of nut. Yep. And I'll put like red grapes. Okay. And okay. strawberries and blueberries. I mix it all up. And then oh, chicken. Everything. I don't even know. Some pita chips on top of Ooh. it. Mm. I mean, this is not like, I don't do that at home. That's too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but a lot of work. <laughs> but I dream about those salads. Yeah. I love it. That's <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Okay. But for real post-workout, what's, what's the go-to? Cause that usually is different. Yeah. Post-workout. So, I mean, I need protein and a carb. So whether it's a protein shake and then I'll have whatever, whether it's fruit or a piece of, um, what's it called? Like a, not a pita bread, well, yeah, yeah. a pita bread, but a, a wrap or something. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So and then different. I also feel like during practice, which yeah. I did not know this Yeah. four years thing. ago. But when you're like training four hours, yep, you, <laughs> you should be eating. <laughs> should be. Eating. Yes. Oh, I know. So yeah. hard. Oh my gosh, Corel, you would not believe how many marathoners come to me, and they're like, "I'm supposed to be taking a gel while I run." And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, you're running well, twenty six miles." I mean. I mean, yeah. it's scary, but I think, right. The education piece yep, is it's not, not there. Yeah, totally. And I mean, people are like, I can't run and eat, but it's like, you don't have to eat. There's all yeah. these other little things. You Options. Can, yeah. Totally. Totally. I even started doing that, like between races and stuff. I'm like, well, I can't really chug a whole, like yep. I'm trying to eat a sandwich, but it's a little hard to have all these yeah. like little, just boosts of energy. Yep. Right? Totally. Yeah. Gels, goose, yeah. applesauce, all the things. Yep. Totally. Yep. Yeah. So, so interesting. Oh, so fun. Well, Carl, thank you so much for doing this. It's so fun to have you and talk about all this stuff. I'm so happy that you're doing this podcast. It's going to yeah. be really helpful to people. So thanks for having so. me. Yeah. Yeah. And wait, just so people don't think I don't eat yeah. anything bad. I, mean, <laughs> I love, I love candy. Okay. Okay. What kind of starburst, oh. sour mm. patches? Yes. Just yes. Yes. That's so, like, I'm not going to lie when I'm like in marathon training and running lots of miles, Starburst and Sour Patch are like my go-to during mm. long runs. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. get sick of like, I'm like, I don't want to gel. I'm sick of this stuff. So I just grab my Starburst and Sour Patch. <laughs> it's awesome. That is awesome, man. Maybe I should start bringing them to the track too. Yep. I'm telling yeah. you, it's great. Get a little quick sugar post-workout or in the middle of a workout when you need yeah. it. It's, it's yeah. awesome. There you go. Way better than goose. Yeah, Yeah, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, uh, Well, thank you so much. Oh, man. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) I should just leave this on. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for being here. And I really appreciate you taking time to talk. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. Bye, Corel. Bye. (laughs) 
Thanks again for listening in to Fueled to Thrive. It was such a pleasure to have Corral on our show today, and it was so fun to get some kicks and giggles, as well as hear more about her story as a professional athlete. I hope today was a day of encouragement for those of you who have felt similarly and been in similar situations. I also hope that you know there is hope for the future. If you are interested in learning more from Corel and her mental health counseling, you can always go to EYP Performance on Instagram. And if you want to learn more about sports nutrition, I'd encourage you to head to thriveperformance.com to hear all about what I do as a sports nutritionist. As always, it's great to have you listening and to Fuel to Thrive. Thank you.